Jack Silverstein at Reed Jack is my hero. And he joins us now on 720 WGN. He's doing the project that I wish that I had done. And he's a, and Jack joins us now. Uh, Jack, first of all, uh, give your give give tell everybody what you're doing here, and, and and I hope you're staying safe during this time because I know you're doing a lot with the elderly as well. Uh, which you you got dual you got a dual job here, Jack. But ex- explain what you're doing is to honor the. 90s Bulls, the greatest era in professional sports, damn it. I, I, I can get behind that assessment. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on. I am underway on a book called Six Rings. It is going to be a comprehensive book on the dynasty. Six Rings, the Bulls, the city, and the dynasty that changed the game. It's coming next year. And if you're familiar with my work. I do a lot of um, heavily historical pieces. I just last week had a a big piece on Jordan's comeback to the Bulls in 95 on NBC Sports Chicago. So it's going to be those kinds of stories, but I'm also collecting all of the stories from Chicagoans and from people in the state of Illinois and, and elsewhere around the country, even around the world, about the role that the Bulls dynasty played in all of our lives, because I would like to point out, you know, the Bulls were a global phenomenon, but they were hyper-local. So I've got an email address, sixringsbook at gmail.com. If you have an MJ story, send it to me. If you've got a Pip story, send it to me. But as I like to say, if you've got a John Ligmanowski story, send it to me. If you've got a Keith Booth story, send it to me. If you've got a Good News Cliff Levingston story, send it to me. I want everything. If you worked for the team, if you were at the stadium, if your uncle, your aunt was there, whomever, send it to me. And uh, I've got a newsletter that I'm doing, reject.substack.com, and I'm compiling all my research and doing interviews. I've got a story that's going to be coming out either tomorrow or Monday. I'm working on it right now, in fact, with Matt Steginga. If you don't remember that name, he was a guy who called Jerry Krause in April of 97 to get tickets to one of the final home games. He'd been with the Bulls in the preseason. They drafted him in 92, a journeyman player out of Michigan State. And we had some guys hurt, and, you know, we've got 68 wins. I want to rest some guys. And Krause says to him, well, instead of tickets to the game, how about you play in the game? And Stegengo was in Milwaukee at the time. The Bulls were going to get on a plane to go to Detroit, and he said to Jerry, hey, I can actually be there in an hour. And he said, come in an hour. You can come get on the plane to Detroit. And this guy, Matt, ended up on the team. And then they kept him for the playoff run on IR so he could practice. He was another practice body. He was sitting. He had his locker next to Jordan because they always put rookies next to Jordan because there was no room because of the press. And he got to know Jordan pretty well and ended up with a championship ring and Ended up in Grant Park. He was the first guy introduced by Ray Clay for the championship celebration in Grant Park. It's a really cool story, and that'll be there tomorrow or Monday. And those are the kinds of things that I am collecting. So, Jack, I have a very uh, strong reason to have you on the show today. And I want to be in the book. It's all about me here, Jack. i got to be in this book. You are I, – I mean, I don't know what I need to do, so I want to I give you my resume here. Like yeah, lay down, man. So, 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 first Jordan playoff game, Milwaukee Bucks, nineteen eighty-five. 
He Bulls win by two. They 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 the only game they won in the series made it two games to one. Lost game four at home. I was there in the mezzanine. Can does that good enough to get in the book? Yeah, absolutely. What was it? What was it like? What was the vibe at the stadium? So my favorite m- memory from that is that you know we're we're sitting in the mezzanine in the second row on the bend. They win the game. Jordan blew a, a layup at the horn. And I, it was either Terry Cummings, I think it was Terry Cummings, who flung it maybe 65 feet at the horn. Maybe it was Sidney Moncrief that would have won the game for the Bucks. It hit off the front rim. Jordan, all he needed to do was dribble out the clock, but he went in for the dunk and he missed a little fingertip roll. Huh. So, so there was that moment. And I just remember walking down the steps, and that was back in the day where the stadium was not as corporate as it became in the later years. And people had so much emotion, and they were just screaming out, we're going to beat the Bucks in Game 4 here in the next game, and then we're going to go up to Milwaukee and win Game 5. And it was, it was all this just, I, I, just raw, beautiful, loving the Bulls emotion. And, I'm, and I was sitting there as an 11-year-old thinking to myself, eh, they got no chance in Game 4. Did and your the, heart stop at, that, uh, at the heaves? I, I, yes, full, full heart stop. <laughs> it, was, it was terrifying. Um, I'm thinking of other ones that I could give you. Like, you, you know, Michael used to, before games, they would have picture day. Like, like I'm thinking it's like 1988. So you would have like four bulls would come out onto the court and you could get pictures with them. And they would take you in from, you know, the, there was one entrance that would go onto the floor at Old Chicago Stadium where you could where you actually could walk onto the floor. Now I would always sneak over the hockey boards at different points in time, but that's a story for a, a different point. So they'd walk you out, and then I got my four pictures with Dave Corzine and Gene Banks and whoever it was. Oh wow! Right, but so that so I'm done. I'm walking out, and here I hear this huge ovation, and here comes Michael, and he's in the next group. And so, and I'm being escorted off. So I'm like, this is a nightmare. I, 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 I got Gene Banks when here comes Jordan. So I saw uh, Mike Mandel, whose dad, Erwin Mandel, was the Bulls finance guy. And I knew him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was one year behind me. So I walked over like I knew him, because I did a little bit at least. And I'm like, can you walk me back to the back of the line of the people that just got through? So he right. he walked me to the back of the line, and I waited, and then I went through. And some of the, like I was, I had, I had an old Polaroid camera, so I was I didn't know how many sheets were left in there. So I, I like get up to Brad Sellers. I'm like, I'm sorry, Brad, good to see you, but I'm not going to take a picture with you. I'm going to save the one left for Michael. So I literally walked by them, and I got my one picture with Michael, where I was, I have my one little finger. On his on his shoulder because I was afraid to touch him and I'm wearing a kangle yeah. I'm wearing a kangle hat which was ridiculous that he used to wear and this terrible huge winter coat that was this three times the size of me but I have that picture could that make it in the book Yeah definitely I want you to I want you to email it to me and one of the things that uh, that I've started doing is telling people's personal stories even if it wasn't like I met this person or that person, if it is great, but some friends of mine, um, they have all of these photos. They were at game six, 97 finals, you know, when Steve Kerr hit the shot to beat the jazz and Scotty had the steal and they were there. They've got all these wonderful pictures. They've got post game pictures, you know, Scotty doing an interview at a weird angle because they're in the stands. And they told me that they, <laughs> I don't know how they did this and I haven't followed up yet, but they snuck a bottle of champagne in 
so that they could pop the cork That's after awesome. the championship. Yeah, so personal stories like that. There's a, a reader, um, and she sent me a photo that her brother took with Jordan and Ronald McDonald at a charity golf event. All sorts of cool stuff. You know, I want to see it all. I want to see people's gear. If you got, you know, a, a weird championship T-shirt that, like, nobody has seen, I want to see it. You know, one thing I'm, I want to track down I got the Dennis Rodman tattoo shirt in that short period of time where it was for sale before it was pulled off the market because it was completely illegal. If people don't know, this was a long-sleeved T-shirt that had all of Rodman's tattoos in the correct place on his torso and arms. Um, and But the person who made it didn't have permission. He actually changed. Rodman had a, a tattoo of his daughter, and I, I guess the guy got cold feet in this respect, and so he changed it to just a generic child's face. And a, you know, Rodman sued, and a uh, New Jersey uh, judge, a federal judge in New Jersey, had it um, pulled off the market. Well, I got it before it was illegal, and I'm going to try to track down the maker of it. I've got his name. I don't have contact information yet, but I'm going to try to track down the maker and tell the story behind the Dennis Rodman tattoo shirt. So anything you got, send it my way. Six, the number six, ringsbook at gmail.com. What is the main thing you've learned so far doing, you know, getting the book ready to go here, or whatever, you, I, I don't know how far you're along, call it a rough draft, just collecting stories. What's the main thing that you're, I don't know, continually running into, if, if anything? You know, it's always interesting hearing people's personal reflections on these players. And, you know, just having talked to Matt Steginga, uh, I just interviewed Cheryl Ray Stout, the great reporter who broke the stories of Jordan playing baseball and of Jordan coming back to the Bulls, that he was practicing with the Bulls. And just hearing people's stories about meeting and talking to Michael and Jerry Krause and Tex Winter and Johnny Bach and, and hearing your stories, Mark, and just what people – were like. That's always fascinating to me. Um, certainly historical nuggets, the, the, the piece that I did for NBC on Jordan's return, one of the items that I found was a, a news item from February 1st, 1995, that Jordan had put down $20,000 for a non-resident membership to a golf club. It's actually called The Golf Club in Nashville. And that said to me that he really intended to stay in Nashville and play baseball. So for the whole, he was secretly suspended crowd, which I've never believed. Well, he put, it's not all the money in the world, but you know, he's got golf memberships all around the country. I'm learning. And he bought one in Nashville because that's where he was going to play an interesting piece. I did. Um, <laughs> I, this was cool. I did an interview with Will Purdue, except that Will Purdue interviewed me. <laughs> um, for NBC Sports. And, you know, Will went to Vanderbilt. So he told me, and he read the story and had all these questions, and he told me that when Jordan was applying at the golf club, they called him, they called Purdue, to check his references. You know, as a joke, but, like, they called him up to say, like, who's this Jordan guy and everything. And That's awesome. I thought, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. So all this stuff is making its way into the newsletter and as i like to say if you don't understand what i'm about to say the newsletter is not for you and if you do it is for you you can buy a subscription for packs a month or pip a year 
<laughs> Packs a month or pip a year. That's good. That's that's excellent, Jack. Now, why why do you want to do this? Just give your history as to why this is so important to you. Yeah, definitely. Well, I grew up um, in Evanston. We moved to Wilmette in eighth grade, so I was in the Chicagoland area. Um, I was born in 81. I was born on the East Coast. My parents were from here, and we moved back to the Chicagoland area in 84, which was obviously the year that the Bulls drafted Jordan. So my experience as a Bulls, excuse me, as a sports fan, really tracked with the rise of Jordan and the Bulls. So everything that I was learning about what it meant to be a sports fan, what it meant to have, you know, hopes about a team, what it meant to to be crushed by a team, to push through, to be the kid at school who tells everyone, it's okay, next year we're going to get it, or just stick with it. And And then to have the glory, I was learning all of that through the Bulls. And like, a, I mean, I, believe me, I'm not alone. I mean, I, and Mark, obviously you were there um, in a way that I wasn't. Everybody who was here, we experienced that in, in such a, a visceral, tangible, everyday way. The Bulls affected every area of your life. You know, my parents, we weren't allowed to watch television uh, after dinner on a school night. The only exception was Bulls games. If, like, the Bears were on, like, a rare Monday night game, fine. But as far as, like, a day-to-day uh, occurrence, it was if the Bulls were on, you could watch TV if you had your homework finished. There were all these ways that the Bulls impacted everybody's daily lives. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports fan. I'm also a sports historian. I'm a writer. And I just, it, I just had to do it, and I just have to do it. And there is incredibly, there's no single book about the dynasty. There are books about individual seasons. There are obviously wonderful books about Jordan. You know, Phil Jackson has written his books. Dennis has a book. Will per- uh, let's see, Bill Wennington has a book. Luke Longley has a book. But there's no, like, one book about the dynasty. And, and there certainly is no one book that really shows what it was like to be here, uh, whether, whether that's in Chicago in the suburbs, downstate, what it was like to be here you're and experience this. And that's why I wanted to write it, and that's what I'm writing. You're doing a fan-slash-player-slash-oral history. It's beautiful. I love it. And it's funny that you brought up the uh, school nights. We didn't have cable for a little bit of the run. So I would have to... I mean, there was, I was not being monitored on my studies, which partly is why I didn't necessarily have great grades back in the day here, Jack. But the, the point is that I would listen to Jim Durham and Red Kerr do the, do the radio call because we didn't have cable. And then I would watch the 10 o'clock news. And then finally I had a boycott in the Carmen family. We need to have cable. This is unjust. It is unfair. It is not how the world should be. And so Papa Fred took care of that eventually. But That's good. Yeah, it was. It was. Hey, Jack, I'm, I'm, I'm up against the clock here. Congrats on what you're doing. I can't wait to follow along and contribute in any way possible. And, uh, yes, let's all enjoy watching some uh, MJ games on NBC Sports Chicago right now, all right? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate your time. Be well, Jack. Jack Silverstein.